Welcome to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast, where we talk about life because it happens to everyone, along with some great indie musicians Q&A sessions. So come aboard, kick back, and let's vibe. All right, all right. Welcome this week's guest, a friend of mine. We worked on the uh, Adele Wallace Entertainment Sets on several projects, and uh, yeah. we, we just kind of stayed in touch. <laughs> I want to welcome this to, uh, this week to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast, my friend, uh, Tracina Holiday. How are you, Tracina? Hey, Nate. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. I, uh, I'm great. I'm just not. We finally got this moment where we can interview you on the uh, the podcast. Yes, thank you so much um, for for inviting me to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. Yeah. Cast, right? <laughs> That's it. Thank you very much. Thank you very yes. much, y'all. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I brought my audience with me. <laughs> anyway, yes, how, yes, how you been? Yes. How you how you been? How's life treating you? Um, well, life is, is, is wonderful because I, I still wake up in the morning. And this is what I do know. As long as you can wake up in the morning, God mm-hmm. is giving, my God is giving me one more chance to get it right. So. Right on. Uh, I agree. Life is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always say any day above ground is a good day. That's right. Because some That's people, right. Some people didn't make it. So Man. And, yeah. and <laughs> yes, you are so right. <laughs> Take advantage of the Did life. Not. Why you still have it? Because it's so fast. It goes by so fast, you know? It does. It does. And, um, you know, the way, like, life and technology and everything is just turning and jumping so fast, it's like, wow, you got to be able to uh, keep up. And if you if you can't keep up, you better have a, a, a team that can fill in for you, you know? <laughs> yep. um, keep, and, you, uh, keep you up to date. My- my team, my team resonates, and it's uh, my the Holy Spirit <laughs> and God. You know, stands that keep tricking me to um, be in tune and and to be able to uh, pay attention to things that I need to pay attention to. All right, on. So let's uh, see who Tracina is. Tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, where you from? Where you been? And where you going? Okay. Well, um, I was born in uh, Stockton, California, to uh, Daphne Gibson and Dennis D., those my parents. And um, my mother had me um, in their teens, but she was a straight-A student. So um, even though she had me at 16 and a half, she still ended up getting a scholarship, a four-year scholarship, full scholarship to uh, CSUS, which is um, in Sacramento, California. And uh, while she went to college, uh, she left me with my great grandmother and my grandmother, and they took care of me till I was six. And then when she graduated in the law enforcement um, field, she was she graduated as a, a police woman. But at that time, now that was like in the seventies, so they didn't have a lot of women being police, and especially black women. So uh, they made her. She was more like a meter maid. Um, but that still was considered a police woman right there on the college. And so she uh, ended up, she picked me up and then she put me in a Catholic school, all white Catholic school. I was the only black child there from mm. uh, kindergarten to eighth grade. And so, you know, I, that was a little bit of a, a culture <laughs> shock, <laughs> but I, I really didn't know it was, you know, cause when you're a kid, you just, you know, have to have labels like that on stuff. Right, just you know? Other kids, huh? Right, right. And um, it was interesting because uh, that year, that first uh, year, they ended up casting me um, as Sally in this play called Sourdough Sally. So it was it was interesting, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, oh, wow, I had a lot of attention on me, you know? And uh, that's the first play I ever did. And I remember... After the play, because my mom couldn't come because she had to work. Mm-hmm. So I remember seeing all these faces. Everything was like white and light, you know, <laughs> and eyes and people, teeth smiling. <laughs> and some tears was on. Oh, some parents was crying, looked like it in the nuns and the priests. And everyone was standing up clapping. And I was so like, yes, 
this is better than butterscotch <laughs> right now. You know, lifesavers. I loved it. I loved the feeling that, um, you know, it felt like I gave these people something. Um, I didn't know what, but then they were giving me something back, you know, right. but I liked it. <laughs> I really liked it, liked a lot. And um, it resonated in me. It stayed in me. So um, it doesn't like really shock me that later on in life, I still leaned toward, you know, that industry. I liked, I liked the energy. Yeah. I liked the energy and being able to transform who you were to be something or somebody else and really, you know, um, really give it out like that, really, you know, radiate it. So, yeah. And um, I kept going for it. You know, as light, as time went on, I uh, moved out to Southern California where my dad uh, lived. And well, my dad lived in Compton. He was uh, um, the supervisor of the uh, the naval longshoremen. And I moved out at first going out to L.A. to the uh, Job Corps, mm-hmm. Los Angeles Job Corps. Mm-hmm. And. When my dad found out I was in L.A., he came and got me. And my dad was so, he was like 5'3", but he was a power, he was a pistol. Okay? <laughs> my dad was a pistol. And um, he came, he's like, baby, you know, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> and I said, okay, daddy, I'm coming. <laughs> he must have really missed but, you, huh? Uh, huh? He must have really missed you, huh? Oh, yes, yes, he he did. He We didn't, we, I wasn't raised up, you know, by him um, mm-hmm. because of the situation. Um, but. Um, when I came to um, Los Angeles and he found out I was there, he came and, you know, he was daddy on the spot. You know, he gave me my, well, he gave me my second car. Mm-hmm. My mom had given me a first car, but yeah, he, he, he was, I, I, if I would have been around him more, I would have been a daddy's girl, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, he was a good, good guy. And um, I, you know, coming to Los Angeles though, I seen there was so many opportunities, um, more than in Stockton and Sacramento. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially dealing with the, you know, if you want to be in show business, mm-hmm. if you want to be in show business and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I dibbled and dabbled with, with, uh, registering for different, um, agencies like central casting, you know, ABK. C casting and I did a lot of uh, LA casting and you know Jeff Olin casting Sandy Alessi cast, casting all the different I, I mean uncut casting I've been registered with a lot of uh, different casting agencies and so I've done a lot of um, background work uh-huh. and um, you know like about uh, about seven eight years ago um I was like, I want to up my ante in this field. I'm going to do more, you know, I'm going to become at least a, um, you know, cause they, they have different um, standards of actors, you know, they have the B actors and the A actors. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I want to be on the A actor list. Let me go on. I'm a strive. Yeah. I'm a, a strive for it. But it, you know, I was still saying it, but I wasn't doing it. Okay. The way that, you know, but what made me do it would really, you know, put that not just the 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 wish to do something. It, it would make me put my tools into gear um, was when I had a stroke. I had a stroke mm-hmm. uh, last year. I had a stroke in May 16th of 2021. Mm-hmm. And I was in the hospital for 16 days. And and people, if anybody knows anything about, you know, having a stroke, I mean, you can, I've seen people where they lose the whole, you know, side of one side of their body. Right. Um, Never recover. You huh? can't, yeah, you can't speak. Um, some people just, you know, come out of a stroke really bad. And it was a brain aneurysm that I had. Ooh. Yeah, some people don't make it out of that, that either. Brain aneurysm. Right. Right. And, you know, I remember being in the hospital. I had three surgeries to to um, uh, stop the bleeding in my brain. But I remember I would be, in, you know, laying in my bed and I'd look over and there was like a two liter bag and they would have to empty it three times a day with this matter that was coming off of my brain. 
And if you could imagine, I'm talking about a two liter bag three times a day. And I'm looking, I'm like, dang, where is that coming from? And they're like, this is coming off of your brain. I mean, even if it was like, my head would have been humongous. You know, it wouldn't have been able to um, drain. So like on the 14th day, because they had given me three surgeries where they said they had to go in through uh, my spine up to my brain and, you know, find that artery in my brain, that um, vein in my brain to cap it off with a calcium. Mm. I remember on the 14th day when they said, okay, well, it looked like we got it under control, but you're going to have to walk all the way down this hospital corridor um, before we can release you. And I was like, okay. So they put a nurse on my right side and one on my left side, and they were walking with me down the hospital corridor. So I'm looking down the hospital corridor. And, you know, at the end of the hospital corridor is a bright, 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 bright light. And these thoughts just started just coming in my head, flowing in my head about being grateful. Look, you you take it as I took each step. You know, I'm taking a step. You know what I'm saying? I'm walking. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. And all this joy just came up in my body. And and I said, I made this revelation. I was like, God, please, I vow to you, if you give me just one more chance to go out and, 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 and try to reach my wildest dreams, Something that's deep inside of me. I don't care what nobody say about my age and, and or you know, try to say about your age and you need to sell down and you just have to struggle. If you allow me to walk again, if you allow me to be able to wipe my own tail by myself again, if you be allow me to feed myself again, get my own fork and feed myself again, if you allow me to communicate with people where they can understand me because at that time I had a speech impediment. I had gotten a speech impediment, which Mm. for me was like horrific because I've always been a person where I could speak well, Mm -hmm. but now I'm stuttering, you know, and and I'm thinking, Oh my God, how am I going to be able to talk to people? My mind jumps over to Moses though. Mm. You know, everything that I was going through, my mind would jump over to somebody biblical, you Mm -hmm. know, who, They've been through this and then, you know, they were more than a conqueror because of their faith. And I said, if you allow me to do these things again, God, I will go after my wildest dreams. And once I reach it, whatever you allow me to reach, I will testify about your greatness. I will testify about your, how almighty you are and how you will change things no matter you know how bad and how hopeless you might try to you know feel like dang this man i might as well just i'm better off dead let me tell you something he knows Mm -hmm. he knows what we don't know and he can see what we don't see and you have to believe in for me i have to believe my god in Jesus Christ. I have to believe in God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, which is what keeps me whole and solid. And then also reading his word, you know, and one word in particular that I want to share with you all is Ecclesiastes chapter three. Mm-hmm. If you read Ecclesiastes chapter three, the first, you know, the first part of it is telling you, and I'm just going to read the first verse there where it says, tells you, it says, Oh, it says, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Okay, mm-hmm. that's just the first verse. And when I read that, that just gave me that extra, okay, you know, I, maybe in my human mind, I don't see you no know, purpose or reason for this, but my spiritual um, knowledge to compound in me is telling me that God got a reason for everything. So this I'm going to believe and I'm going to keep, you know, going and reaching and, and striving because, I mean, before I had my stroke, mm-hmm. eight months prior to my stroke, my son had got killed, mm-hmm. my 19-year-old son. Yeah, sorry to hear that. 
Did you know that over 92% of people in the United States are deficient in one or more vitamins or minerals? Unfortunately, the foods we eat just don't have enough of the vitamins and minerals our bodies need to maximize our immune systems, strengthen our organs, and help our bodies perform at their best. It's also the reason why so many people get sick. In fact, over 80% of patients who got COVID-19 were deficient in vitamin D, and up to 82% critically ill patients are deficient in vitamin C. The fact is, we need supplements. And now for the first time ever, you can get the highest quality, most complete supplements on the market for prices that anyone can afford. With Live Good, you can afford to be healthy. Check out joinnatenow.com and check out the six-minute video. Leave a good name and email and we'll get with you with more information. Have a great day. Yes, thank you. And, and you know, that right there was, um, that was like, a, a, to yeah. me, I thought it was a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. This is a deal breaker right here. I, I can't, I can't, how am I going to be able to live or breathe? Because mm-hmm. I felt hollow, felt like an arm, yeah, part of you. one of my legs. Yeah, like a part of yeah, you taken from me. Like, yeah, like, and, and what for? Right. Why? Because he was shot with one bullet in the back of his head by a rifle. Mm. What for? What that my son did for this to happen? Mm-hmm. Lord God, I don't, I can't understand this. And I, I, I wanted to crumble, mm-hmm. but I couldn't because I had other children and grandchildren right. also right. that was looking at me every Blink every, you know, Mama, you okay? Every, yeah. Just every reason in. So if I crumbled, mm-hmm. they sure was going, you know, you know, a lot. It would have been bad for the whole family. So I had to. Um, God helped me to stand strong mm-hmm. and you know put on the face and 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 get up robotically every morning. But a lot of my feeling about stuff was gone. I mean, I, I couldn't find joy mm-hmm. in things. I just was flatlining kind of, but doing what I had to do. So the rest of my crew could still know that they had to keep going on. Mm-hmm. It's like a push through thing, but it's, it's very, it'll break all your frequencies when you're, if your child, and I, I don't wish this on anybody, mm-hmm. but if you imagine your child dying before you, any kind of way, gunshot, illness, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, Nate. It's hard. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and um, I didn't receive any compassion from the 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 deputies over there. Um, I mean, the uh, homicide investigators, and it almost was as if they knew the the female that was involved. And her family, because her family, they have been there for generations. From what I understand, that her grandfather left the some property to her daddy, and her daddy left it to her. And that area is predominantly actually the demographics, which was done by um, this awesome black journalist by the name of Ronnie Howard. Um, it was crazy how he uh, he ran into me, um, and it, what happened on that was that. Me and my son, Dennis, we were at a hotel. This is a maybe about a month and a half after my son had got killed. Mm-hmm. And the homicide detective in charge elected not to do a press release. So a press, so that means that, you, you know, and I'm asking him, well, why wouldn't you do a press release? He was shot in the back of the head with one bullet by a rifle. Don't the taxpayers have a right to know mm-hmm. what happen in their community what happened in their area well if we reported every murder that happened in san bernardino county there wouldn't be room for the other stuff people watch on television and i look yeah. I, you know I'm, I'm looking at my phone like but this is a murder right. how in a, do you in a small town said, but it's our just hmm? in a small small town right That's big small, news. extreme so this is big news for the small town. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Because don't that that much stuff don't happen. I I don't. You know, I've never heard a lot of stuff happen in Phoenix. Right. Um, but the thing is, 
more stuff may happen in, in feeling than people know because okay. the, it's so crazy. Yeah, they, they don't let it out. At, yes, because okay. um, when I finally two weeks later got in touch with the homicide detective, this homicide detective called me and he says, "Yeah, um, uh, is this Miss Holiday?" I'm like, "Yes." He says, "Miss Holiday, I got a message that you did. You're saying that um, we didn't." Um, do a report on your son, um, Trayvon Holiday. And clearly I have on my notes that I called and I spoke to someone and I told them that Trayvon had been killed. And I said, excuse me, excuse me, hold on. My son's name is not Trayvon Holiday. It's Trey Dale Holiday. He says, no, well, no, it says his name is Trayvon. I said, his name is Trey Dale Holiday. He says, well, whatever you say, but I'm saying we talked, we called and we spoke to someone. We told him that your son had been killed and that we found the the person who killed them in a car uh, close to Vegas. And because we we talked to, you know, he has a daughter there. And I was like, my son has a daughter. I said, my son has a daughter. He's like, yeah, your son has a little girl. And he says, wait a minute. What what murder are we talking about here? Mm. I said, I am talking about the murder of my son, Traydell Ezekiel Holiday, born November the 19th, 2000, and was shot in Phelan, California on September the 13th, 2020. Oh, 2020. Oh, man. this is the wrong murder. This is <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. And, and, he was, was and he like, was heartless with the delivery, you know? Very heartless. No compassion. Okay. No, none. And so once he found that, he's it's like, oh, this is the wrong murder. Well, yeah, I'm glad we figured that out. And I was just like, <laughs> figured what out? I said, I still need to know what happened with my son. Now, because I'm... It's like it's so surreal and overwhelming. Like some people was like, "Oh, I would be screaming and hollering, and I would have cussed." No, yeah, maybe that's what they would have did. But mm-hmm. I was just, I, I, I was still, still in a in state disbelief. Of, yeah, yeah. Like this was the longest nightmare in the world that I ever had, and mm-hmm. I would wake up. One, one, you know, every day I'm just thinking I'm gonna wake up mm-hmm. from this and. It's like it's a bad dream. Yeah, and, and I will not be eating tacos before I go to sleep mm. again. <laughs> like, you know, something because <laughs> this was, yeah, it was like this is just the worst dream. But no, it was real. Mm. It was real, and what was real about it is that I also felt the degree of racism mm. that is in the world and in the different systems and how they deal with people. So just to go back to um, what I was saying about the the journalist, the black journalist, uh, Ronnie Howard, Mm -hmm. because they had told me that they weren't going to do a press release and they hadn't put it in a newspaper. That meant that my son was killed into the world. He was non-existent. Mm -hmm. So me as a mother. okay, this is a a, one of my. um, uh, boards that I make so I can it was just kind of tattered but I made one uh this is just an example see this board right here yeah okay mm-hmm. well I had made something similar to that but it had Tradeo's picture on there and it had you know the story of you know um a little story you know that my son was murdered mm-hmm. and I would stand with the 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 cardboard platform thing and and I would like stand in front of hotels or maybe at the store holding it and so I could tell people about what happened to my son and I was at a hotel me and Dennis at this one time and we were checking out we checked out and we forgot the board and so I went back to the front desk and I asked the lady please let my son go back in there and get that board because my son got murdered and I use this board as a reference to tell people about what happened to him because I want the world to know he existed. Like, you know, this, this is just so horrific. I'm going through and I'm thinking about all the other mothers and Mm -hmm. fathers and uncles and brothers and in the world that are possibly going through the same, Mm -hmm. um, 
disrespect, mm-hmm. you know, uh, disregard. How many of our children have gotten killed, you know, over the years where they give us no regard? We're just non-existent. So I'm telling the lady, please let my son go back into the room so she he can get the 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 cardboard because my son who I got killed, you know, and feeling with one b- bullet from a rifle, the the law won't let us tell the people about it. So I need to get it out there because my son is real and he exists because I was very passionate about this at the time because it was just it was in no almost in November and his birthday was coming up, his mm-hmm. 20th birthday that he didn't make. It was a black journalist that was listening to mm-hmm. my story and I didn't know it was. He was in line too. And so when I went, Dennis went back to the room to go get the um the the um the you know the cardboard stand mm-hmm. thing I had. I was sitting waiting for him to come back, and the black journalist came up to me and he said, Ma'am. I said, excuse me, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be ear hustling, but I heard your story. He said, and if you would allow me to interview you and take your story, I want to get this out there. And I said, well, yeah, I, I <laughs> love that. And then, But I didn't know really who he was. Right. And I started telling him, you could see the compassion that came over him, you know, that mm-hmm. he... And I, I didn't know him, you know, I didn't know who this was, but I knew God had must have sent. He says, well, I'm a black journalist. Oh, my God. Hmm. I was like, really? I was like, you know, because now I know that I can get maybe I have a chance to tell the world mm-hmm. about what happened. And, um, you know, it was, this was a, just a really surreal thing. And I, I just love Ronnie Howard. He's just a, a great. Um, black young man, you know, come to, once I start to know him more, he had a son that was my son, Dennis's age, you know, and two daughters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and he was a Christian, he was a believer too, mm-hmm. you know, and on top of that, he was a, a director slash producers, you know, in the industry, which okay. I didn't know that at that time. Um, So, you know, that was another like contact I kind of had got a lot, another hint that you know you need to come on back here and and yeah and keep reaching for what you need to reach for. And this is before the stroke, though, mm-hmm. eight months before the stroke. And so, um, I was like, okay. And then, um, yeah, he he called us. We went to Riverside Studios. He introduced me and my uh, uh, interview interviewed me and my family. And um, keep y'all ears open because that is going to be coming to um, be aired very soon, too. Um, it will reveal the date coming up. But, yeah, that was just really um, helpful and therapeutic somewhat for 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 me and my family, you know, yeah. to be able to talk and know that someone, some people were interested in, tra- like, you know, trade which it was like I told the uh, the homicide detective at that time, I said, why wouldn't you put this in the newspaper? He said, well, we don't put all murders in the newspaper because if we did, you wouldn't have time to watch the other stuff on TV. And I said, <laughs> but this... It, it could make this the newspaper. Is, um, this, he was helicoptered from there, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he was putting a helicopter from there. That's big news for feeling California. I don't, I don't know why it wouldn't be. Oh, and, and, and plus, Any, any the murder? People, What's the population over there? What? What? Fifteen hundred, two thousand, three thousand. Um, oh, the population over the not a lot. time was less than twenty. Less it was than less than twenty thousand. Yeah, so it's not a big community. I mean, if you sneeze, no. you pass right through it. Exactly, the demographics showed, and and even the amount, like it was seventy six percent, because Ronnie, um, the the black journalist, he he went over there and did the research, and he he, he gave that to me where it was saying, you know, about the seventy six percent. Um, Caucasian, and it was like 1.5% black, which probably those black was not like a full black, you know what I'm saying? It probably Mm -hmm. was more they had 10% black or something like that, you know, it was was a Caucasian community basically, you know, really it was and um, I I come to find out that the, you know, the girl that was involved 
her grandfather and her father, they all left property down, you know, to her and stuff like that. So it was just one of them, kind of like a clan-like community, mm-hmm. I believe, you know, in my 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 um, opinion, because it, it, why would you, you know, you can't just have a murder like that and not um, put it in the news in such a small community. And then... At first, they had even mixed up my murder, my son's murder, with another black guy's murder. Mm. Um, you know, because I was like, my son had a daughter. You know, when he's yeah. like, I didn't know. You know, and they, it wasn't no. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Holiday. It was very just for them. I guess it's just routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be in that type of industry, I would think you would have more compassion, and I think they do, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. you know what shade you are and i told him that in the and the the deputy was very uh the a homicide detective tebbits i remember he's very um like aggressive when i told him i said well if you're not gonna do a um a press release i said i bet you would do it if if the person that got murdered was um white with blue eyes and blonde hair and he told me no not necessarily not unless i said yes you would that's the whole probably how many national guard would be out there i said but you know what i'm I'm gonna go and i'm gonna go see about getting a press release and he says well you are not to go down there and tell them that we're not handling this case expeditiously, professionally, and um, the way, you know, according to procedure. And I said, oh, really? I said, okay, well, we'll see what will be said. We'll see what will be said. And um, it just, like, right after, like, about maybe three weeks after that, that's when I met the Black journalist. So, you know, that's where I say it's a time and place for everything under the sun. Yeah. Now, all behind this, still Tradell, when he was alive, he used, to, he used to come to some of my plays, you know, stage plays and stuff. And he mm-hmm. was always like, Mom, one day I'm going to see you walk across the BET, <laughs> BET Awards and go get you an award. And he was always pressing me to go further in this field. So, um, and I always had a little joy about it. But once he had got murdered, it was like everything flatlined for me. Yeah. You know, and um, but then, you know, Adele Wallace, the, um, I, I, I love him. He's a very uh, he's a professional director, producer, and he's a person that I see that he wants to uh, uplift people or help people like yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we want to, you know, uplift you. So he still called me. He was like, well, it's, no, because we were in the middle of a project. Right. Remember, uh, it was on the two. Was it God's um, wrath it was, or something? Uh, I don't God's know. Wrath. We did so many one of, of the them. episodes. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the episodes, and he was like, "I know if you don't want to do it, you know." Then right. I told him, "No." I, I yeah, wanna, you you kept pushing. You, know. you, I was like, "Ooh, yeah." Man. I guess that was therapy but for you, you too to keep moving. You know, yeah, yeah. Take your mind you, off for it a second. Yeah, you have to, you know, because as a parent, even if it wasn't your fault, right. you still. Take on some of that blame, like you know, um, yeah. what could I have done different? Like mm-hmm. you know, God, why would you take me? Please, you should have. T- I mean, I, and just I wish you would have took me and left him. But then, like I said, then I have to go back to my Bible, which I know is you know the truth and it's rooted in me, and it and and it tells me it's a time and place for everything under the sun. It tells you in the Bible it's a time to die mm-hmm. too, and you know. Um, that is what kept me pushing because he tells you it's a time for everything. He tells you that he knows the number, you know, of hairs on your head. Mm-hmm. Your days are numbered. So I was thinking in my head, okay, you know, just God numbers all our days. Whether my son would have died um, playing basketball or or in doing anything, yeah, you know, car accident, his mm-hmm. days was numbered. Um, so I have to. I know that part, uh, and I know that um, it's a lesson. It's something God wants me to get from this tragedy because, and I didn't know what, and I guess I wasn't going the way, I, you know, that I should have been going, and then I had that stroke, mm-hmm. you know, and that stroke, like, it was a stroke. It was a stroke of, 
you got to keep pushing on and, and, and the things that you want in your head. And you can't just keep saying, well, I wish I would do this or I want to do this. No, you have to. I want to do this and, and do a self inventory of what tools that you God has already blessed you with mm-hmm. and that you have in order to use to go that towards that way. You know what I'm saying? Because tragedy, you know, Satan is here to kill, steal and destroy. And if you don't have a faith or something, a core inside of you, you can take the tragedy and become. It can destroy you. Yeah, it can can destroy you. It can. It can. Um, You know, you can become complacent. um, Depressed. Yes. And so. And, and, you know, I guess maybe I, I don't know what happened, like like I said, during that time between Trado actually getting murdered and me actually having a stroke. Mm-hmm. I kind of just lived. I kind of just robotically going did the, what I needed to yeah, do. Go through the motions. Huh? Yeah, but yeah. Not, not really feeling the joy or anything, not feeling that because I, I, I still hadn't came to that closure and I still haven't. Right. But the thing is that I know that I got to reach high for something. I got to ask God to lift me up out of that miry clay. And I got to have that desire to do so too. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, my grandmother used to say, you could always lead a horse to the water, but Mm -hmm. you can't make them drink. Right. You know? And so, um, once I was able to walk down that aisle, let me tell you, that was the most triumphant moment in my life mm-hmm. because then I was able to go home from that hospital, mm. you know, um, and I was able to walk and I wasn't walking crippled and my half of my side wasn't, you know, mm. paralyzed. Right. I did have that speech impediment, but like I said, and I've thought about Moses. So, you know, and Moses, he was, shoot, he was trying his best not to be in that position. Mm. <laughs> like, God, why me? I can't, you know, I stutter. It's not, you need to go on and pick, <laughs> pick so-and-so. Yeah. I don't, you know, who did he say? He, I mean, I, he mentioned somebody um, for God to to uh, make a leader instead of him. Oh, my God. He's trying to pass the, the baton, the huh? Yeah, yeah. Like, nope, know? I chose you. Me. Yes. And so, and, you know, I believe he did choose me to stand up and, and tell people that, you know, no matter what it is, if you have a burnt in desire, an etched in desire to where that's what you really want to go for. And it would be just your joy to, to get there, not for selfish reasons, mm-hmm. for for, you know, satisfaction of yourself and whatever audience or that you will appeal to whatever group of people that can get some type of um, instruction and, you know, uh, some type of uh, uh, a way, like a, a different options uh, to get there, you know, um, share that with somebody, share how you did it. Maybe they can grow from it, yeah. you know, when um, growth is so important not just monetarily. I, and I mean, I mean, because I feel like if you get like, you know, your relationship with um, your God, your spirit, the God that's in you, you get that aligned to the best way that you can. Everything else is going to fall in place, you mm-hmm. know, and the things that I thought that I needed so much a long time ago. Oh, I got you. Well, I got to have this and I need to have this. I need to have my jewels and have my car. I need to have this. And that, um, that's all like stuff that it's, it really don't matter like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's an accessory. And, um, you know, I want the core to be strong so it can keep the accessories, you mm-hmm. know, going on. But, um, from all of this, like this, these last tragedies, it's helped me to to move on, you know, because I mean, like even as a girl younger, I, I've been through um, being ch- molested as a child mm. uh, for like four years from my stepfather. I went through being raped. I went through abusive relationships. I went through using drugs. Um I went through a shopping addiction. All you know, just 
all kind of stuff. But at the end of that, whatever it was, phase I was going through, Mm -hmm. God would always let me see a different light, a light that would not just be uh, selfish, you know, Mm it's like that don't give you fulfillment for me. That's not a fulfillment. You know, it's not Um, when you have something that is strong and, 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 and nurturing for Mm -hmm. your soul and your mind, and you can share it with people, you can grow. And, and, and in the acting industry, you can do that because you can, you, you, you can talk and people can hear you that you might not even, you don't see them. Right. But you don't know who you might be helping. And that's why I'm so appreciative that you even let me, you know, come on your Nathaniel Noble, Noble Junior Podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, because, you know, I, I kind of know a little bit of your story as we talked over over the time we've been, you know, working together and stuff. So it's like you got a, a, a powerful story that people need to hear. And then, you know, still you keep your smile, a, a good personality, and, you, you know, you still have love for people. So, I mean, that's impressive because a lot of people, the stuff you went through, they can't overcome that. They still, it, it, it still traps them in the past. And, you know, it, it stunts their growth as a, a human, you know, just progressing through life, you know, because they're still stuck and trapped in those, uh, I guess like those, uh, traumatic moments back in the past, you know, it's kind of like a P, uh, mm-hmm. PTSD type thing. But yeah. some, somehow, I guess, through the power of God and your faith, you you look like, you know, you don't look like what you've been through. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. You don't wear yeah. it. You know, you don't wear it on your uh, on your outer appearance. It's like you beyond the stuff that happened to you, learn from it and still pressed on, you know, to be a better, better you, you know. And uh, and if you mm-hmm. if you got that far, if you got that far, that tells me you didn't forgave what, you know, the people that did the, the wrong to you. You know, so you can move on. So whatever happened, God's gonna take care of it. You know, those people. But you got to forgive them, that's so you right. can move on and go forward. But look like you did that well. You know, so that's impressive. Yeah, you're you're right about that because forgiving people, forgive. Thank you so much. But you know, forgiving people is not for them. the other person. Right, it's for you. Forgiving people for yourself. Right, and so that, you can move on. Like you said, you don't be trapped in that. You take a shower. You're thinking about. Can't stand so and so. They yeah. did so. They used to buy the same soap. I mean, right. everywhere you go, you be trapped in that. Yeah, and then and you're the one. You're the one stuck with all that mental anguish. The other person is going about their life, you know, still sinning and doing what they're doing, and you sitting there stuck with it until you forgive them and let all that stuff go, and you know, just keep moving forward. You you're the one suffering, you know, with that that uh, torment in your mind because of what happened. That's right. That's right. And then I, I had to also, as I got have gotten older, you know, be able to understand what really forgiving a person is, uh-huh. because um, you forgive a person. That does not mean that you have to put yourself back in that same oh, yeah. situation and you won't for forget. that person to do that same no, thing to you. Or you know what I'm saying? If anything, you pray for them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Pray for exactly. your enemies. That's right. And they'll see the difference in you. They'll right. get fear. They'll say, I don't even want to mess with them no yeah, more. Yeah. I see God, God in them. <laughs> That's God's child. That's I'm not right. even going over there. That's right. That's yeah, right. It's, it's, so, it's amazing. It's, but, it's all good. I, I, I love um I love my my love my God. And I, I just like I'm I've seen a podcast that you did with a um a fellow actor friend of ours. Oh, uh, Rhonda. Rhonda Bankston. Rhonda Bankston. Yeah, Miss Yeah, Ms. Rhonda Bankston. And and you know, she's a very inspirational person. Yeah. She speaks just good things all the time. And I, I really um I, I love speaking with her and uh just talking with her, she'll make you just know about appreciating pre- appreciate little things because yeah. I remember when I first met her, I mean she just made me feel so good. I went in there for an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> at the veterans, you know, and she just was like, excuse me, where did you get that from? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I had this uh, smock thing on and she loved it. And she just, she made me feel really good. And I meet uh, the people that I have met, like in the, in this industry, um, they are go-getters. Most yeah. of you know, that people that keep going, they're go-getters. Chasing dreams. Tenacious. So, and then, you know, yeah, they, you they're know, pushing I, toward theirs and they, you know, they, they inspire you to keep pushing too, you know? 
like mine. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody has a story. And you you think your story might be, this is, I don't want to tell nobody my story. It's bad. You hear that story and you'd be like, whoo. Wow. How'd you get through that? So, you know, yeah, you know, getting pulled out that miry clay and, and, and just keep going towards the light and, and, and appreciate the things that God have given you out of that tragedy, right? Because the tragedy is there, it's, it's, whatever yeah. it is, is there. Done. But there's still something that you can pull out of it to add on to your character, add on to your 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 um, testimony, yeah. add on to your way that you was able to overcome. Yep. Uh, so uh, it's gonna help somebody. Yes, it is, and it just you know, and then I. I like dealing with the people that are in the industry. Like when you and I work together, uh-huh. Deke and Curly. Oh, Lord, I just wanted to take that wig home with me. I, I tell <laughs> That's my wife that wig. It's <laughs> my wife wig. Oh, I think she made that. But uh, no. yeah, tell them what we was working on. We was working on a project with Adele uh, Wallace. Uh, it was the first family. We, yes. we, we filmed the first family as a like kind of like a play slash movie all together stuff. And it's, it's on Tubi. You can check it out on Tubi, the first family of Dale Wallace entertainment. Uh, I think, yes. I think Tubi's a free app. Go on there and check it out. It's uh, make sure you it got is. your, your popcorn and bring you a piece of tissue too. Cause uh, your eyes going to get wet and yeah, it's a yes. roller coaster ride and it's, it's some good acting, good messages is uh messages. What is that? What is messages? <laughs> <laughs> it's some good messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of it's yeah, real life. Yeah, it's 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 a wild roller coaster ride, but it's uh, you, yeah, you're gonna sit through the whole thing and watch it. But uh, like I'm a grown man, right? I'm a, I'm a straight up male, like no homo here, right? But uh, yeah, I wasn't crying, but my eyeballs were sweating. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, men don't cry, but our eyeballs sweat. <laughs> but it's, it's well, a good yeah. it's a good cast, good directing by uh, Dale Wallace. He wrote it and directed, produced it, and all that, and. I got a little small part in there as Deacon Curly and Trixina was uh Sister Looney, right? Oh, that yes. Sister Looney is something else. She is a <laughs> she is a hoot. <laughs> I knew somebody really like Sister Looney. Yeah. In the church. Her name was Mother Bimbo. Ooh. So I was able to act that part. Mother Bimbo. That was her real name, Bimbo? Yeah, her name was Mother Bimbo. She lived up to it, huh? It church of Williams Memorial Church of God in Christ. Oh, Even though I went to Catholic heart. school, yeah, I went to Catholic school. My mom took me to Church of God in Christ on the weekends. So. Get you some of that Holy Ghost, <laughs> man. It was, it was too quiet sunshine over there at the Catholic band. churches. Too quiet. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> see, I was in Sunshine Band, Bible Band, <laughs> uh, youth program, Sunday school. <laughs> Man, church was all day on Sunday to oh, like three yeah. thirty. But then after that was fried chicken, peach cobbler, brownies, potato all salad, the yeah. greens, cornbread. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I've been um, all my life. I've been raised, you know, around, around the, the church. Yeah, church. around the, the church. church. The yeah. church scenes, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So well, look at here, Tracy. Tashina, you and look, you we can talk forever, but we don't have forever on the podcast. But look, <laughs> this this the part of the show where we give those life nuggets, you know, some positive inspiration for the crowd, you know. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Give us some life nuggets or some jewels to uh inspire. Well, my life nuggets to everybody would be that if you have something that's in your spirit. And I'm talking about in your stomach. This it's like in your stomach where your navel is, and it's just burning and burning. And you really want that. Go for it. But understand that you are going to encounter obstacles because that's part of the the journey. Mm-hmm. Don't let an obstacle stop you. Okay. Keep reaching, keep going, keep praying, and place yourself around like-minded people. Right. Very important. Yes. Very important. Um, you know, because you can't share your dream with everybody. Somebody, you know, some people would just put doubt, put all kind of holes in your dream. So you got to make sure you keep yourself on a level where you're able to um, people can say stuff, but it doesn't pierce you to where it's letting air out of you. Let it put air in you to where, OK, you know that that 
that crowd, I don't need to be around them. You know, put yourself around like-minded people. Remember that life is going to happen, but you still, you still, if you want it to happen, you still got to be tenacious and push through it. And the believers, for, for the believers, you know that God is our heavenly father. And if you have children or you have anyone you love, but children, you know, you know what we want for people that we love. We want them to have what they want to have, right? We mm-hmm. want them to get it. So the almighty, powerful father wants that even more so, even more so. But we got to use our tools that he gives us to. Don't take nothing for granted. That's that's one thing. Don't take nothing for granted. And you will get what you want. You know, if you go after it and don't try to step on nobody and don't, be, mm-hmm. you know, all that trying to push people down. That's not what we want. It's a team that makes, you know, that gets these trophies. You get mm-hmm. a team, a football team, a basketball team, a gospel praising team. So just keep going for what you want to go for and make sure you put yourself around like minded people. And I feel like nine times out of 10, you're going to get it. Cool. Let's give it up for Miss Tracina Holiday. <laughs> that's the audience. Thank She's like, you, that's the audience. <laughs> that's her. That she well, is. That's my audience right there. Yeah. One more time for Tracina Holiday on the thing in Virginia podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, Nate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to thank you for coming through and sharing your testimony and story. And hopefully somebody hears something you said that inspires them, encourages them and lift them up out of the out of the miry, you know, the mucky mire of uh, life That's right. and circumstances, you know, learn forgiveness, love yourself, uh, love people, love God, and just do mm-hmm. what's right. Do what's right. Do the right thing. Even if it kills you, do the right thing. That's right. So, yeah. Because it's going to give life to somebody, that yeah, right thing. Yeah. I, I say this saying, I heard it somewhere. I don't know where I heard it, but it's like, I got a candle, right? And you got, you got a candle that's not lit. It's, it's not going to take nothing from me to take my candle and light your candle. I still that's got right. my light. Now you got a light. Then you can go light somebody else's candle. So it, it's all, exactly. It's, it's good to pour into others. Pour the goodness into others. Because everybody's going through something. They're either going through something, been through something, or coming out of something. So just be nice. <laughs> just be nice. Yeah. Have a little patience and just have a little uh, humbleness and just be nice. You heard it exclusively on Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. Hi, this is Tracina Holiday, and you're listening to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. Be sure to check me out at HTracina on Instagram. Thanks for listening to the Nathaniel Noble Jr. Podcast. If you've enjoyed our show, make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. We appreciate every one of you. 